At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is Lauren Skye, also known as Lauren Poslinski, and you're listening to 105.9 The Radiator, hosted by Big Heavy World, which you can also listen to on our website. And I'm joined here today for a little bit of a different rocket shop. Um, we have here uh, one of our teachers who was running the Digital Media Lab as a as a class, is that still, right? Still yeah. running, still running. Still running. Still running. Still running. <laughs> still running. My, yes. my bad. Hi. Um, so yeah. to help with high schoolers learning about all sorts of things music related and about uh, the history of 242 Maine, which if you're not familiar with, you can read about on our website at bigheavyworld.com. But I think I will let you do most of the explaining of that. So Jason, if you'd like to start us off with talking about... Um, what what led you to to start with digital your digital media lab? What brought you to the place you are now, where we started this project? Sure, um, thanks so much for having us on too. Uh, so my name is Jason Raymond, and I'm the teacher of the digital media lab for the Burlington Technical Center. And uh, we've been a program. Uh, I moved here in 2016, which coincidentally is the year that the 242 Main. Uh, closed its doors. So um, I came here from Arkansas uh, to start a digital media arts program. And it was kind of a reboot on a program that had existed for a while uh, as a video production class. And so what I was bringing into it was, um, you know, the opportunity to do photography, film production, and, and also the big thing was audio production, um, beat making, and creating a space for kids to come together and to start to collaborate and to develop their their ideas that, you know, for the most part over the last <clears throat> 10 years or so um, have been going on at home. They've been working on computers, um, putting their stuff up on SoundCloud or other social media sources, but there really hadn't been a space where they could really begin to talk together and work together and learn from each other. And so that was really the impetus for beginning the program that I have at, at, in Burlington. Um, which is going strong <laughs> um, on Cherry Street in downtown Burlington now um, for students all over uh, Chittington County to get interested in. So for this project, um, the 242 Main project, uh, Jim contacted me from Big Heavy World and uh, along with Craig Mitchell, and they were looking for a teacher to part partner with to work on a grant project um, that would be an opportunity for students to learn about the history of 242 Main. And I was excited because, like I said, it closed right when I moved here. And ever since I've moved here, I've been looking for a place, an all-ages venue that could consistently um, provide a space for students to perform and for people of their own age to come together and see different performances and interact. Um, my main goal with that was I moved here. I lived in Arkansas, but I've also lived all over the country. I lived in Austin, Texas. And I lived in Portland, Oregon. And when I was living in Portland, it was during the Riot Girl uh, scene. And my friends were in Riot Girl bands, and they were playing opening for Slater Kinney and a bunch of other bands. And I got to see kind of what that looked like as a scene just starting out. 
and it was completely run by, you know, people my age. And um, eventually it turned into shows, it turned into film um, exhibitions, it turned into slam poetry and just poetry in general, it turned into <laughs> some people were doing slideshows um, that they would narrate. And it was just a great opportunity to see all these different kinds of art in one space and you felt like you were experiencing something new and different and so 242 in my imagination occupied a similar space and um and that's something that i wanted my students to be able to have and to be able to share and be a part of with other people of their own age so um so anyway so jim and craig talked didn't have to talk me into it too much but you know mentioned that there'd be opportunities to kind of bring students together to discuss what 242 Main was, and then to start to imagine what a space like that could be like in, uh, you know, in 2019, 2020. And so I was excited to, to really have that conversation with my students. And unfortunately, in the midst of all this, we're in a pandemic as well. I'm sure that threw so a things. So the other key thing here to think about is that the way this was supposed to function is that we were going to gather together in person and bring in other students, other people of similar age to talk about these and have conversations about different topics related to 242 Maine. But because of the pandemic, it all kind of had to exist on Zoom and through virtual. And it really, it still provided an opportunity. We had a lot of different guests on. We had um, previous performers from 242 Maine. We had um, Anne, who started Club Metronome, speak about her experiences with starting a club. Um, we had a bunch of different guests that, that provided different insights into aspects of what it would mean to, to, to start a youth club. Um, but it didn't have the same opportunities that I was hoping for with collaboration where you would have had people meeting together and being able to share their interest outside of the conversation that we're having. So that limited it to some degree. But um, but I think it was a great, great opportunity. It still provided, and you're going to hear from the students here in a second, but it provided them with an, with an awesome chance to kind of get a glimpse of something that existed here for 30 years and, and provided um, people their own age and younger with amazing creative opportunity to to perform and to collaborate and to you know i think really you see the the fruits of this here in the culture that surrounds burlington and the the you know the cities and the towns around here with all of the different kinds of arts initiatives and the things that are still happening i, I believe these are the fruits of 242 maine that these teenagers grew up <laughs> they had families and they continue to make art and they continue to produce culturally relevant interesting things that still create the community that we live in now and so it, it speaks really clearly to how important it is to maintain a youth center that provides this opportunity well, it sounds like you really have the drive to be kind of the guiding hand for a lot of these teens here in Burlington to make a scene like the one that you remembered. That was great hearing about uh, Riot Girl and stuff. That must have been an amazing experience. Uh, so I'm going to introduce some of our uh, students that we have here today as well. We've got Isaac here, who's a senior in Essex, right? Yeah, hi there. Thank you so much for having me. This is an incredible opportunity, and I'm so thankful that this can that this can happen finally. Well, we're so glad to have you, and we also have Kate, who just graduated from Mount Mansfield. 
Correct. Correct. Thank you for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, of course. So I'm hoping that you guys can uh, tell us a little bit about who you are in the music area and what music means to you, why it's important to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started producing music in fourth grade. Um, I'm a senior now. Um, and it was really because my dad used to be in a band. He grew up playing music um, and I had access to to different DAWs and music softwares. And that is what sort of drew me to that. And then because of the internet, I found, I discovered hip hop music, which I never would have been exposed to without without the internet because I live in Essex, Vermont, which is probably 94% white. And that's just not not the music that you hear coming from, coming from here. Um, and because of that, I kept working on music and I discovered the type of music that I wanna make. And I'm so, so thankful for that. And I am aware that there's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity. So the space that Jason has created, Digital Media Lab, where these people can record if they don't have access to these materials outside of, outside of school or like at their house, um, it really is so magical. And, and seeing these people make their music is really, really incredible. And Isaac, you have an album of your own coming out soon, right? Yeah, um, right now I have I have two albums and one three-track EP um, set up on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, everything like that. Um, it's under Isaac in the Brain, I-S-A-A-C. And I've got another project that I'm working on now full of um, transitional tracks where every every song transitions into the next one and makes it one one cohesive project, which I'm really, really excited about. Sounds awesome. And Kate, maybe you can tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I music has always been very prevalent in my life. My parents listened to just about everything under the sun. And so they always told me that I started singing at the same time that I started talking. And so I was always in choirs and just singing everything that I possibly could. And I really started in kind of just like concert choirs and then it grew into opera and that was kind of my way of singing. And then not really until probably my sophomore year of high school that I realized that I could try to make the music that I listened to and actually start to figure out what kind of sound I have other than this opera and kind of like show choir music that I'm so comfortable in. And then my junior year is when I ended up in the technical center doing the digital media lab. And I only got actually half a year physically in the class before the pandemic hit, but even just having the support and having the guidance of the class and having the option for collaboration and those people that you that we met just even in the beginning of the class was really helpful and it kind of gave the opportunity to not feel too nervous about what you're making and seeing that everyone else is figuring out what you're like what they're doing as well it's not just you that's kind of just screwing around with everything so just really getting the opportunity to grow out of what I was so comfortable in and feel everything else out I'm so glad to hear that you guys have had that that space for it sounds like a lot of growth and opportunity and community um, and I know that through this program that we did, we uh, Craig Mitchell came in and taught you guys a bit about the history of 242 and also talked about if we had a new teen-led center, what you guys would like to see from there. So I'm wondering uh, from when you learned about 242, what maybe struck you the most about it or was the biggest point that you said, I want that now and I want that here 
uh, for us to have today? I think for me, what was so, so awesome about hearing about 242 is the youth-led, youth-executed, like and it's student-led. Any any person who has music can, can try and perform there, and it's really open to, to any kind of person, any genre of music, any style, any like any anyone could go there to perform and I think that's really really cool and you'd have you'd have uh different artists uh performing the same show with completely different styles of music and it would make just really awesome shows and really cool really cool experiences that people probably wouldn't have gotten if there wasn't a space like that and it exposed them to to so many new things and I think the idea also that Anybody could go, no matter their age, not even just the genre of music that they're playing, but hearing stories of people going when they're really, really young and seeing shows that they wouldn't have otherwise. And the fact that we don't really have that quite as much anymore here in Vermont. And I think growing up, it would have been very beneficial for our generation to have something more like that, but it kind of ended right as we got into high school. And so to bring something like that back where anybody can go and perform or go see a show and it can be anything any given day, you get a variety that we just don't have access to right now. Well, it sounds like you guys have some big ambitions for a new space. Um, So now I think that we can um, listen to some music from Isaac's latest album coming out soon. And we'll be back with you in a minute. Just a moment while we have technical difficulties. Do we want to try tapes first? Yeah, we can definitely sure. do that. <laughs> <laughs> can I make one statement while we're waiting, kind of in between? Um, w- one thing we're not, we haven't highlighted, though, is I think the big difference of a new space, too, uh, compared to what 242 Main was, is the introduction of a broader more eclectic mix of new Americans that are living here in Vermont. And I have many students from um, the Congo and uh, Nepali students. In the past, I've had people rapping in a variety of languages, um, in French and Swahili. Um, and so I'm, I think one thing that we talked about also is just the possibility that exists now for so many youth that are here to perform music that they are passionate about that they that they care about and that can that can be such a broad array of styles and uh and from different cultures and different languages and bringing that component in as well as kind of you know 242 main is thought of a lot uh in terms of being a punk venue rightfully so that was the primary kind of music but you know now with with hip-hop being kind of the the center of the universe for music and then all of the different genres that have split out of that, including electronic music, um, as well as all of these these different styles from Africa and from Asia, 
um, bringing all that together in such a small city as Burlington, I think we have an amazing opportunity um, to, to showcase all of these diverse talents and abilities. So, um, you know, that's really, I think, another key ingredient to this is just the opportunity now to really begin to blend all of these voices together in shows. That's, I, I, that's an amazing perspective, and it really shows how we can grow on the legacy of something old rather than just chasing the same old glories over and over. And um, I'd like to touch on that more, but I think first we're going to listen to some tracks from Kate. Thank you for that, Kate. That was uh, some really cool and unique music. How how do you describe your genre? Um, I think, like we were saying earlier, it's kind of, well, as Jason described it earlier, it's just Kate music. Um, but I think it kind of bounces back and forth between everything that I listen to, which is just about everything under the sun. So sometimes I can be writing and it'll come out a little more alternative. Sometimes it'll just be kind of like, experimental for lack of a better term and sometimes it's just like straight up pop so it, it really varies every single time that I make anything and I think I'm still trying to figure out which one is kind of like me and which one feels the best well it sounds like you've got really a great spot to experiment and take some time to figure that out Absolutely. Um, and so Jason before the music we touched on uh, the fact that there's a lot of new stuff coming in, a lot of new sounds coming into Burlington, um, that you have new students with new ideas. And so I want to kind of touch on that because 
I think that a lot of people hear us talking about 242 all the time here at Big Heavy World and think we're just chasing the ghosts of the past and trying to revive something dead. But I think that uh, there's a lot of value with coming with an old idea and building on it. And uh, students today are new. The music styles are new. It's an entirely different world than it was just a couple of years ago. So, um, and something about that that really intrigued me about this project is that the students in your class interviewed each other about things that, that they liked. And so I'm wondering uh, how that kind of might have given you a taste of what it's like to be doing things on your own and to kind of have the reins and uh, if that felt different compared to just being given an assignment by an adult and told to do it. Well, it was being able to talk to, to friends about this stuff, about something that actually is extremely important to me and, and being able to ask them what they would think. People who, I, I actually talked to someone who doesn't even make music, they're a mechanic. And the idea to them that a space where they could see their friends perform, see people their age performing music, it like they were super intrigued by it. And I think I think any any teenager could see their friends perform and really, really appreciate it, regardless of what time period we're talking. Art art will never die. It's constantly evolving and there will always be a, a need for somewhere for teenagers to release release all their passion that they've been putting into their creative projects. And Jason, uh, as a teacher, you know, I've told you before that I'm also a teacher and I know that feeling of watching your students as they're making new connections and and really making progress into something they love. So I'm wondering uh, about your perspective on seeing all this happen and watching this whole project come to life and how that how that made you feel, how that might have changed your perspective on things, what kind of vision you had going through with this and how it might have changed through the process. Mm, that's interesting. Um, well, th so my philosophy of the class in general is, you know, they get a broad exploration of different digital media forms. So they do photography, they do video production, they do um, motion graphics a little bit. Um, Photoshop, they get kind of a podcasting, they get kind of a broad perspective of the first semester. Second semester, they're, I give them a lot of independence and they're working mainly in audio production or filmmaking, but they ha and they have assignments over the first year, but they get a lot of free space to pursue their interest because from my perspective, they came in with interests and to provide them space and time to cultivate those is, a, is an equal part of the class. And so in the second year when they get in, they're mainly doing what I call independent development, which is opportunities for them to explore areas that they're most passionate about with the resources and the time and the people to do that. And so it's kind of a test drive for life after school in a lot of ways. And it gives them an opportunity to also have uh, go on virtual field trips in the case during COVID um, to see different colleges that they may be interested in to talk to different recruiters and people that they may be interested in if they want to go in a college direction. If they want to go in an entrepreneurial direction, I have students that are out shooting photography and they have websites and they produce work that they get paid for um, on a regular basis. And they're already exercising their independence and developing their skills while they're still in high school. And so for me, this is such a creative kind of free individual independent career path and you really need to have the individual motivation and dedication to your craft and development 
and your own learning in order to really see it through and to find a unique path within that that really is your voice. And so that's kind of what I try to create and model. So the, 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 the program, the, the 242 main project, was an extension of that to a large degree. And like I said before, my big missing piece in this whole thing right now is providing exhibition and performance in a variety of locales that provide the students with that last piece. Because one thing that really hit home for me during the interviews and the conversations is that the whole process of putting on a show and promoting the show and making sure everything runs smoothly is an entirely different career path. And some students who maybe they get a certain point in the process and they realize that for whatever reason, they don't have the motivation, the dedication other students in the room have to be producers and artists. There's still a path where they can be a part of the culture that, and, and part of shaping something that they're passionate and interested in in supporting other people that they find uh, inspiration from who are the same age as they are producing work. And so I think part of this whole thing that, that I think is important is finding the exhibition spaces and allowing students to start to participate in creating those events um, is a key ingredient here for some students who maybe aren't going to be the artist or want to be the performer, but they could find a lot of uh, meaning and a lot of purpose in their lives by contributing in that other way. So, um, so I think that that was, you know, a really important gain from the, the experience, you know, hearing from, from Anne talk about her process for developing Club Metronome and how much of a community effort that was and how many people came from this area to support and help her develop that and make it into something and all of the amazing experiences that happened at shows along the way while she was doing that. Um, I, th I think it really sort of also lessened the feeling that they had to know everything before they could do it. And I think that that's an important, Kate mentioned that a little bit, like realizing that everybody in the room doesn't necessarily know everything. And then that sort of makes it so that you can enter into whatever you're interested in and just try it out. And, and if you just start, you know, in Kate's experience, like I, you know, I saw her start using Ableton and then saw her make some beats and then saw her take it home and start making her own music out of it. And to see that process, that's really the most meaningful thing that you can get out of, you know, being a teacher is to see someone who hasn't done something with it, with a, with anything and then start to kind of find their way through it and create enough of a supportive system that they can do that and access it and develop those skills and feel comfortable messing up and comfortable showing you whatever version of where they're at and you not completely destroying them on that, but providing them with encouragement and continuing to develop from where they are. And so, um, yeah, so I, I, I guess like from, me, from my perspective, this missing ingredient is really essential, essential for this community to continue to evolve and to provide teenagers with the ability to create culturally relevant material that means something to them in the language and in the form that is most meaningful to them right now, which won't look like what their parents are interested in. <laughs> it won't look like what I'm interested in. Maybe I'm a little interested in it, but it, it, you know, it'll be something that is authentic to who they are. And so I think that that's really something the community needs to rally around. I mean, we, we have a lot of opportunities here for students who are interested in traditional art forms, who are interested in orchestra, band, 
choirs um, who do plays. We have a lot of musical theater in this region, but we've kind of turned a blind eye to anything digital, to anything that is actually what the students are doing in their house, <laughs> something that they're actually doing at home outside of school. I have kids that are coming back to my class to work on projects with other kids after they've already gone home from Burlington to uh, Shelburne, they drive all the way back to work with a kid on a project for school. So, and that's not a, a, the one person doing that, that's like everyone. So it's a meaningful thing to them and they care about it and they wanna see it through. And so I think that the community at large needs to look at that and go, what are we, why aren't we supporting this? Why aren't we creating this opportunity to extend this out and make it a fixture in our culture about who we are and our values? Yeah, I uh, definitely hear you there, especially on the uh, the digital end. I, you, my generation is on the tail end of that, where things are starting to go digital, and you guys at your age now must be right in the thick of it. And um, and then when COVID hit and everything went digital, and it was like the whole world had had to learn how to use technology the way that teenagers use it. And Kate, you talked to me a little bit before we started about how amazing you think it is that things can be all digital now. Um, but uh, so I'm wondering if you can maybe talk a little bit to how that technology has helped or hindered you, how it was like during COVID, whether it was kind of uh, maybe whether it changed how you think you approached this class and this 242 main project to be all digital? I think that with the class, it was definitely a little strange because while everything that we're doing in the class is digital, you still have that like community aspect of you're sitting next to somebody else who they're working on something else possibly, but you can still kind of collaborate and like bounce ideas off of each other. But once the pandemic hit, it became even more digital. And we would be texting and like on Zoom meetings and FaceTiming people to get that same kind of interaction. And it just didn't feel quite the same. Um, so I think in that sense, it was a little more difficult once everything became like fully digital. But also to say the fact that we were able to still have that collaboration, even though we were all sitting at home, was it was really cool to still be able to have that. And then with the 242 project, um, all of our meetings were on Zoom. None of us met in person. Actually, today when we showed up here, this is when Isaac and I met for the first time, yeah. but we've been on so many Zoom meetings together. Yes. And so we've worked together for the past year, but never had a face-to-face -face interaction. And I think the fact that we were still able to have all of those conversations, even though we were both at home the entire time, was really beneficial because nothing ever got put on pause. We were able to just kind of power through and use that, that digital aspect to our benefit. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys uh, really adapted. And it's, it's so interesting when we're talking about how this is really an effort to make a community and suddenly we had to redefine what community means and how do we access this community. Mm -hmm. And Isaac, you talked to me about how you've made so many friends through music and you've really found your hip hop community. Absolutely. Um, and so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you think going forward this is going to work as we're coming out of the pandemic 
as you've got this new knowledge from the digital media lab, from the uh, the project, and what what you think you're going to do to to build this community, to foster this community? Yeah, well. Hip-hop passed rock as the most popular music genre in 2016, as Jason mentioned earlier, uh, 2016. But um, at this point, just about every kid that I talk to, even if they didn't start at hip-hop, that is where they're turning. And hip-hop is just the music of the youth. Um, and while obviously there's so much experimentation within hip-hop, there's there's people including elements of emo music in hip-hop. There's there's hyperpop, which is a whole nother thing with, with pitched up vocals and like questioning gender identity. And it's just all over the place. And it's what people will be doing. And here in Vermont, I've met, I've met kids who have all tapped into their own little subgenres of hip hop. And now they're collaborating together because of the space that we have. And it's just so, so cool. It's almost a problem how many hip hop artists there are now going to, going to the space where we have, we have one recording booth so it can yeah taking turns can get a, become a bit of an issue but it's just so so incredible i have a friend who will normally do a studio session at his house on the weekend get as many people as we can to go and try recording even if they've never recorded before and it's it's just been amazing i've met kids who if it wasn't for my interest in music i i they've helped form who i am they've they've given me so much insight on on different lifestyles like being an immigrant from different countries, things like that. And it's, it's meant so much to me. And I, I can't thank these people enough for the, for the input they've given me and just advice. I, they made me improve my lyricism. They made me improve making my beats because I met other people who we all wanted to push, push ourselves because we saw the talents that other people had that we lacked and they saw talents that we had that they lacked. Well, on that note about uh, your community and your music, how about we try again and see if we can play some <laughs> yeah, of your absolutely. sounds?
So uh, during that, that break there while we were listening to some of Isaac's music and I was uh, and we were talking a little bit about some of the guest speakers that you had in your class. So uh, Jason, you mentioned uh, mentioned a couple of names to me. So I was wondering if you could maybe give a couple sentences on each of the guests that you had. Sure. So, um, well, first I'll just mention this. So the way that we did the structure of these sessions is... You know, we, we kind of broke them up by different aspects of what we thought were important features of 242 Main. And so the first session was about imagining a club, like imagining a youth-oriented club. And we thought it was important to bring in someone who actually performed in 242 Main and through that experience had broadened out their performance career and had really taken off. And so we were able to get Uriah Hackney. And he was able to come in and speak about his experiences as, as a child at 242 Main, all the way up as a performer and then moving forward from that time. And so it was an amazing opportunity for students to, to meet a, a, a professional musician who is touring and has had a lot of success from this, from this area um, nationally and internationally. So that was a great opportunity to start everything off. Um, the next, the next session was about what makes a space creative. And so really the talking on that one was around, you know, what features of it would make it feel like a space that you could be creative and, and create stuff. And so what we did is we kind of looked at um, interviews from the archives um, that Jim provided and put those together um, of different performers who had been in the space talking about their, their experiences. And then... Um, 
my colleague in this whole endeavor, Craig Mitchell, um, because he has such a broad range of experience and talents with as a performer, as a producer, as a club owner, he was really able to talk about some of the components and things that he did to really create those kinds of environments in his own spaces that he that he owned, um, as well as as a performer and kind of the things that he needs in order to be creative. Um, the next week was really cool. It was about running a performance space. And as I mentioned before, Anne uh, Rothwell from Club Metronome was able to talk about her experiences starting a club and kind of all the day-to-day -day involved. And that was really the session that, to me, like I said before, brought home the need for education, uh, hands-on education around performance and around how do you go about creating space um, and all the jobs involved in that process, including marketing, um, that the students would need to participate in. And what a key aspect of their education as performers and artists that that would be to have that experience. Um, the next session was kind of an interesting one and it could only have, <laughs> only have happened um, in, in COVID times because we did a lot of virtual, we did two different virtual interviews at different times and then we edited those together and we had them over two sessions where we were able to um, have the director of Outright Vermont, Dana Kaplan, um, speak about creating inclusive spaces and what those mean to create a space where you feel safe. And we also had Taylor Small, um, Vermont State Rep, also talk about um, why creating safe spaces are important and sort of the process um, of how those spaces were helpful in her development as, as a human being to kind of feel safe and comfortable and confident and to begin to perform. And, and what an important part that, that, that that was in her development to kind of have those experiences. And so um, those were great sessions and they really provided, you know, a broad array of perspective for the students to really bounce ideas off of and to also share their own perspectives um, within each of these topic areas. Uh, do either of you want to mention anything about some of your experiences with any of these sessions? I think some of them you weren't able to attend, but I think you attended a lot of them. Well, hearing from these people who had had experience in, in the music industry and in performing and stuff like that, it was their insight their their insight was like incredibly helpful and and hearing from these people the fact that they they took the time to to talk to us and the fact that they thought dedicating their time to to helping to try and recreate something similar or, or giving their input to people who wanted to create something similar it it's I think it's very showing that it's a worthy cause and that these people were very thankful for their experiences that they had here and that it helped them to to do what they became or be what they became. I think it was also just so beneficial to be able to meet those people and ask them the questions that you don't know like who you would go to with those questions in the first place. Um, so to have the access to be able to ask those questions and hear those stories um, because it's all stuff that you know you're going to have to think about when you when we start talking about this project, and we know it's things that we're going to have to tackle. But to have the access to people who have done it and people who have the experience and can kind of give you the the bad stories of what's happened and the the good, and get both of those perspectives so that you can really start to figure out like what you're going to need to do, and you get to take that next step forward. Um. 
And then in, in the in the last sessions, we we interviewed um, uh, Adam Rabin and uh, Shayla Connor Shapiro, who are both radio hosts, and they do different shows. And I, the the point of those interviews was really to get a sense of what the interviewing process is like, and t- as an interviewer, how to carry on a conversation, and to think about questions that you might ask them, and do research prior to interviewing them, and. Um, I think the the plan there, and this is again kind of it didn't quite get as evolved as I think we would have wanted um, because of the pandemic. But the goal here was for students to then go out and interview other students, and to begin to expand the voices within the conversation. Because you know, particularly after having the session about creating open inclusive space, and thinking about some of the norms that perhaps created in people's perceptions, maybe a smaller community that could access 242 Maine in the past, um, opening that community up and thinking about some of the norms that might need to be changed in a new space in order to provide uh, safety and inclusiveness to a variety of perspectives and people to enter into the space and feel safe and feel confident to perform and to contribute uh, creatively. Um, I think that's a new twist that we wanted to extend out in the interviewing process as well so that a variety of voices could get their input in on what they were thinking they would like out of the space as well. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get quite as many as we want, but we, we would love to, you know, in a way, continue some of these conversations because I think moving forward, really having a coalition of people, you know, represented, including Outright Vermont, including New American populations, including a lot of different perspectives and voices in this process, I think is really essential to create something that is authentic to this community and also provides the opportunity to a diversity of voices that perhaps in the past um, didn't really get that opportunity. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've read through some of the transcripts from these interviews, and they're they're really fantastic. And, um, and you know, your points about, uh, about inclusion and about having safe spaces for these opportunities to grow, uh, it reminds me, Kate, that I read from uh, one of your interviews when you talked about wanting to have a safe space and an inclusive space. And... You know, I mean, as teenagers, I'm sure that plenty of people are telling you all the time what they think is best for you, what they think you need, what they what kind of spaces they think are appropriate from you. But so I, I I'm interested to hear uh, Kate and Isaac, feel free to jump in as well. What to you, what does it mean to have a safe and inclusive space? What would that look like to you from what 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 kind of space are you hoping to create without without relying on the adults telling you what they want you to do? I think creating a place where everybody feels comfortable to show and do what they want and what they've been figuring out on their own um, without feeling judgment. And to have a place that can be held accountable for if something happens and there is a situation where something goes wrong or something kind of doesn't come across too well, um, to have a place that even if something does happen, will 
will approach that and deal with that situation instead of kind of like sweeping it under the rug. Uh, So to make sure that everyone knows and it's very clear that it is a place for everyone and for anything, um, as long as it's, it's respectful, it's, it stays uh, within just kind of it stays within a, a a safe or not to define a safe space with the word safe, but um, it stays within a place that everyone feels comfortable and can feel happy and not judged. Absolutely. And I think that for a lo- like a lot of kids having a place that they can go that isn't maybe their house or that isn't maybe just some some place downtown where a group of kids just walk around having an, an organized environment with there's a performer and everyone is there to watch the performer even just that little bit of structure there's still so much freedom at a concert you can jump around you can do whatever but just that little bit of structure for some people can like that's what they need and and having a place where they can go and still enjoy themselves still have a really awesome time but just be be somewhere new from whatever wherever they need to be is is so so important for a lot of students and a lot of kids in general a healthy escape yes exactly well i'm i know that when i was your age i would have loved something like that so this whole idea and this whole process i you know i think that everything you guys are working for is completely fantastic um and i i do want to bring up that that this project would not have been possible without the champlain valley national heritage partnership uh, they're the ones who granted the grant uh, to make this project happen, um, and their funding was extremely helpful for letting the students be able to explore this opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, as we as we close out our show here, uh, Isaac and Kate, would you like to plug any of your music uh, or any other events you might have going on? You got the album coming out. Like I said, Isaac in the brain on uh, Spotify and SoundCloud, everything like that. Um, I just wanted to say Kate's vocals on the song that she played were incredible. I Thank really, you. really liked the melody of that song, and it sounded really, really cool. Thank um, you. And just thank you again for, for letting this happen, and I really hope we can keep working to to create mm-hmm. a new 4-2 main. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Kate LaVanway Music. It's on the bio on the website, I believe. Um, and I'm just kind of always updating what I'm doing there. Uh, I don't have anything too ready yet, uh, but always working and you can keep up with me there. And I, I have a website that's the same thing. It's katelavamilymusic.com. Well, I want to thank all three of you, Kate, Isaac, and Jason for joining me today, uh, as my first ever on-air interview. I couldn't have asked thank for a you. better one. Um, I really love talking with you guys here. And uh, this has been Lauren Sky on 105.9 FM, The Radiator by Big Heavy World. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think we're going to close out, close out with one more song from Kate. Uh, thank you for listening to our show today. Is that the sound of rain?
<laughs> so as we're uh, figuring out some uh, technical issues here, just wanted to, oh, I think Jason has something to say. Jason, can I say one more thing? Go for it. Quick plug. Um, so we've been talking a lot about 242 Main. We've talked a little bit about Digital Media Lab too. I just want to mention that if you are a 10th grader and you are somehow in some way listening to this program right now, right? Um, really consider pursuing the Digital Media Lab. If you live in Chittington County, this is a great opportunity for you to explore photography, filmmaking, audio production, podcasting, and any mixture of those things. So I highly advise you to run to your counselor at your high school and say, I want to go to the Digital Media Lab and check it out. And, uh, and I think it'll be worth your while. Digital Media Lab has changed my life so, so much for the better. And the other day I was just thinking about graduating and I like, I'm placing a $100 bet that I will be crying when I have to leave Digital Media Lab because it is amazing. <laughs> Kate says she did the same thing when she left. That is completely heartwarming to hear. And uh, I think everyone in this room is, is so glad to hear that. So uh, let's play it out, Kate. <laughs>